Thank you for listening to the Collective Church Podcast. Collective is a church for the rest of us, which means if you have never been to church, walked away from the church, or are struggling to find a church you connect with, you belong here. Right now, Collective is fully online, so if you like the podcast, make sure to check us out on Facebook at My Collective Church on Sunday mornings at 9.25 a.m. for Collective Online. We would love for you to join us. A lot of big things are going on at Collective, so make sure not to miss a week this fall as we will be sharing about how God is moving in our church and what is next for Collective. Now, let's get into today's message. Happy birthday, Collective. We are so thankful that you are joining us online to celebrate this morning. Before we get into today's teaching, I want to share a few really exciting announcements with you all. Now, you might have heard, but tonight we are hosting our third birthday bash in the parking lot of our future home. Now, if you're on the fence about going, don't be. It's going to be a great night of worship. We're going to celebrate a few baptisms. Stroker's barbecue will be there. The Frederick Kona ice truck will be handing out free snow cones. And we'll have delicious cupcakes from For the Love of Sweets for you to take home with you at the end of the night. We'll be outside, so bring a chair, bring a blanket, bring a couch if you have a truck and you want to haul it all the way there. We don't care. Grab a friend or a neighbor to come with you. If you want more information about where to park or what safety protocols we're taking and everything else in between, you can check out the Facebook event that was posted a few weeks ago for more details. We really hope that we get to see you tonight. The second thing we have coming up that we wanted to share with you all is that we want to give you a chance to see our future home before the work begins. So we're hosting pre-renovation tours on October 3rd and October 5th. We want to walk you through the space and share with you our plans. And the truth is we want to get you dreaming about what's to come. Now, if you want to sign up for a tour, you have to do so through the app. Oh, wait. We forgot to tell you, there's an app now. That's the other big thing. It's called Church Center, and we're going to be using it a lot, so make sure you download it. Once you do, you'll need to search for Collective Church, and from there, you'll see a page where you can fill out a connection card. You'll see that giving is easier than ever. You're one click away from the Collective Kids online page. And in the bottom, in the bottom right, you'll see there's events, and you can click on that, and you can sign up for a tour. Now, if you don't have a phone that's capable of downloading this app, it's okay. You can email danielle at mycollective.church and she'll get you set up. But we're excited about this app. This is something that will get better and better every single month and it will be used when we get back together so you don't have to touch a bunch of stuff every week. Hashtag COVID. So it's a great way to stay connected during the week. So download it, check it out and sign up for a tour. We're so excited to take you to our future home and show you what God's about to do there. Now, I want to do something before we get rolling today. At the bottom of the video, there are some emoji reactions that you can click on. And for some of you, this is their first time celebrating a birthday with Collective. For some of you, you've celebrated with us before in the past. So here's what I want you to do. If this is your first time celebrating with Collective, click on the thumbs up emoji in the bottom of the screen. If you've celebrated with us before, click on the heart emoji at the bottom of the screen. Now, if you can't really remember because of the pandemic and it zapped your brain, click the wow emoji, okay? Ready? Go ahead. So three years ago, on September 17th, Collective officially launched. And on that Sunday, 271 people showed up at West Frederick Middle School to check out this new church. It was a surreal moment. 
Now, if you would have told me three years later that we would have seen God move in the ways that he has, I would have told you that you were lying. To put it bluntly, God has blessed this church. And this third birthday is extra special because it's actually a major milestone for church plants. You see, about one out of every three churches die before they turn three. And there are a few reasons why this happens. One reason is financial. If a church plant is not self-supporting by year three and relies on outside funds, it has a higher risk of dying. Another reason is location-driven. If a church plant has to move multiple locations while still remaining portable, it has a higher risk of dying. Another is growth. If life change and next steps aren't being taken by people who go to the church, the church has a higher risk of dying. And another reason is because of the lead pastor. Lead pastor burnout in the first three years of planting a church is really high. And if leaders aren't being developed and teams aren't growing, the church is at a higher risk of dying. So when you start a church, you circle the third birthday on your calendar because you know there's a bit of a countdown to that day. And I'm so thankful to say that Collective will not be a part of the 33% of churches that don't make it this far. As a church, we are self-supporting. as because you all trust God with your finances and generously give to this church, even in a pandemic. We're moving, but we're moving into our own building to make room for even more people to experience the grace and the hope that Jesus offers. We're watching people grow in their faith on a regular basis. Even in a pandemic when it's easier not to join a group or not to join the team or not get baptized, people are still doing it. And I'm lucky to have people that are leading and serving in this church that give their times and talents daily to make Collective a really special church. But here's the thing. Yes, we made it to year three. And yes, we're gonna celebrate tonight. But God's not done with us yet. God's not done restoring marriages. God's not done breaking addictions. God's not done helping people know that they are loved. God's not done taking care of the least of these. God's not done giving grace. God's not done yet. So while today is about celebrating what God has done, it's also about the future, the next chapter. On opening day of Collective, one of my management team members, Tim Cole, came to celebrate with us. And our management team is a group of five pastors all over the DMV that oversee our church. They help me with budgeting and staffing and making sure I'm not screwing this thing up too much. And after the dust had settled and church was over, the trailer had been packed and I'd taken my Sunday afternoon nap, I got a call from Tim. And as we were talking on the phone, he shared a story from the Bible with me that I'm gonna read to you all today and we're gonna talk about over the next few weeks. And this story has been inspiring me and challenging me ever since we started Collective. It's from Joshua 3 and 4, the first half of the Bible, called the Old Testament. Now, here's some of the context. Moses had led the Israelites out of slavery in Egypt, and for 40 years, they'd been wandering in the desert in an attempt to enter the promised land. And that land is a special land set aside by God for them, where they would live free and prosperously. But before entering the promised land, Moses actually passes away. So Joshua becomes the new leader of the Israelite people. And in the book of Joshua, they're entering the promised land when they run into the Jordan River. Now today, the Jordan River separates Israel from Jordan and runs from north of the Sea of Galilee all the way down to the Dead Sea. It's approximately 100 feet wide and 10 feet deep. 
It's also where Jesus would later be baptized 1,400 years after this story. So after running into the Jordan, they decide to camp out on the riverbank for three days. And while there, God speaks to Joshua. The Lord told Joshua, Today I'll begin to make you a great leader in the eyes of all the Israelites. They will know that I am with you just as I was with Moses. Give this command to the priests who carry the Ark of the Covenant. When you reach the banks of the Jordan River, take a few steps into the river and stop there. So God tells Joshua, when you're ready to cross the Jordan, have the priest take a few steps into the water and then stop. And remember, this isn't a small river. This isn't a creek. It's big enough to be dangerous. In fact, there's a famous story in 1854 about an expert swimmer who tried to swim across at the point where the Israelites were. And while he was swimming across, he couldn't make it all the way. He had to turn around because the current was too wide and too strong. But God tells them to wade into this water. So that's what they do. So the people left their camp to cross the Jordan and the priests who were carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. It was the harvest season and the Jordan was overflowing its banks. This just means that it was flooding and being in Frederick, we know a thing or two about flooding and it can be quite scary. But as soon as the feet of the priests who were carrying the Ark touched the water at the river's edge, the water above that point began backing up a great distance away in a town called Adam, which is near Zarethan. And the water below that point flowed onto the Dead Sea until the riverbed was dry. So the Jordan, just like the Red Sea when Moses led the Israelites out of slavery, opens up. God performs a miracle. He stops the water. He stops the threat. He stops the river. The riverbed is dry. Then all the people crossed over near the town of Jericho Meanwhile, the priests who were carrying the Ark of the Lord's Covenant stood on dry ground in the middle of the riverbed as the people passed by. They waited there until the whole nation of Israel had crossed the Jordan on dry ground. So God leads the entire nation of Israel to safety again. And this is such an amazing moment because it isn't just that they make it across uh, into, they cross the Jordan and into the promised land. It's that they make it across the Jordan without the threat of drowning. God tells them to take a few steps into the water and then he does the rest. And again, this comes 400 years after God used Moses to part the Red Sea in order to free the Israelites from the tyranny and oppression of Egypt. And we're gonna talk a little bit more about this part of the story next week, but let's continue reading and see what the Israelites do to celebrate this moment. When all the people had crossed the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, now choose 12 men, one from each tribe, Tell them, take 12 stones from the very place where the priests are standing in the middle of the Jordan. Carry them out and pile them up at the place where you will camp tonight. So again, God speaks to Joshua. He tells him, pick 12 men, one from each tribe of Israel. And we kind of touched on this a few weeks ago when we were talking about what Paul put his hope in. But Jacob, who was the father of Israel, had 12 sons. And each son led a tribe or community of Israelite people. So in this story, a representative from each tribe was supposed to grab a stone and place it in the middle of the Jordan River. And here's why. We will use these stones to build a memorial. In the future, your children will ask you, what do these stones mean? Then you can tell them, they remind us that the Jordan River stopped flowing when the Ark of the Lord's Covenant went across. These stones will stand as a memorial among the people of Israel forever. And so that's exactly what they did. 
They carried them to a place where they camped for the night and constructed the memorial there. Joshua also set up another pile of 12 stones in the middle of the Jordan at the place where the priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant were standing, and they are there to this day. So they set up two memorials, one on the riverbank and one in the Jordan River, and they are reminders that God protected them, that God had brought them that far. They were stones of remembrance so that they and future generations would not forget God's miracle there. And this practice was very common in the Bible. Check out the story in 1 Samuel. Just as Samuel was sacrificing the burnt offering, the Philistines arrived to attack Israel. But the Lord spoke with a mighty voice of thunder from heaven that day, and the Philistines were thrown into such confusion that the Israelites defeated them. The men of Israel chased them from Mizpah to a place below Bethkar, slaughtering them along the way. Samuel then took a large stone and placed it in between the towns of Mizpah and Jeshana, and he named it Ebenezer, which means the stone of help. For he said, up to this point, the Lord has helped us. Now, if you've heard that word Ebenezer before, there's probably a few reasons why. The first is Ebenezer Scrooge from A Christmas Carol. The second is because you've probably seen it as the name of a church or a coffee shop or a bookstore or something like that. And if it wasn't one of those two options, it's probably from the hymn, Come Thou Fount. Now, I've shared this before, but I didn't grow up in a church and I've actually never gone to a church that sang hymns. What that means for those of you who grew up in the church singing hymns is that if you come up to me and sing a song from your childhood that connects to a sermon or a story that I told you, I will just smile and nod because I have no idea what you're talking about. I'm not sure why you're singing about a deer pantathing for water. I don't know what a bulwark is and why it never fails. I'm not sure what as thou hast been, thou forever wilt be means. But one of the hymns I do know is Come Thou Fount, and it's a beautiful song. Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing is a Christian hymn written by Robert Robinson in 1758. Now, the song has been redone multiple times. One of the most famous versions was by Suffian Stevens, which reached 122 on the U.S. charge. And it was actually featured in season four of Friday Night Lights, Texas Forever. But in verse two of the song, it goes like this. Here I raise my Ebenezer, here by thy great help I've come. Meaning I'm putting down this stone as a way of remembering that I am here because of your help, God. And these were actually also used outside of the church as well. Armies and castle guards would set up, would test the distance of their weaponry and put painted white stones in the fields surrounding castles as markers to remind them of the distance that their bows and catapults could shoot. So that's what Joshua and the Israelites are doing. They're putting stones in the Jordan and on the riverbanks as a reminder that God was there, that God was with them that God loves them, that God is good, that God protected them, that God has done amazing things in their life and they didn't have to do it alone. It's a reminder of how far they've come. And that's why we celebrate our birthday as a church. It's to pause and set down a stone of remembrance in Ebenezer so that when we look back, we can see the miracles that God has performed. Because even though we didn't literally walk through the Jordan during a flood, God has brought us through seasons of wandering. 
God has brought us through storms. God has shown up in ways that are beyond our understanding, and we never want to forget that. We never want to forget that by our third birthday, we have watched over 70 people who've declared their faith in Jesus and gotten baptized. And this includes people who walked into this church and weren't even sure if God was real. It includes people who are in recovery from addictions they feared would never be broken. It includes people who never thought God would love them because of their past mistakes and realize that his love for them is unconditional. It includes people who have lived with a flat or stagnant faith for years but found it revitalized in this church. And for us, I think West Reddick Middle School is one of those Ebenezer's for our church, but for many of you personally, because that isn't just a school on West Patrick Street. It's where many of you found a community where you could belong before you believed. It's where many of you found hope in Jesus. It's where many of you took a risk and you joined the team or you joined a group. It's where many of you realized that it's okay to love Jesus and have a therapist. It's where many of you realize that people love you for you and not just what you can offer for them. It's where many of you invited your friends and family to church for the first time. And I know for me, that I will never be able to drive past that school again without thinking about all the incredible things that God has done there. So we set down a stone of remembrance so we can look back and see marriages that have been healed through the grace of God. We set down a stone so we can look back and see miracles like people being told they couldn't have kids getting pregnant. We set down a stone to remember healing. We set down a stone to remember next steps. We set down a stone to remember God has brought us this far. But the other reason why we set down these stones is so that we can keep moving forward, so that we don't have to dwell on the past because we have a future ahead of us. And if God can do all these things in three years, what can God do in the next three years, the next 15 years, the next 27 years? You see, we don't want to just sit here and say, God has done so much, but we're afraid to move forward. No. We set an Ebenezer down and say, God, you've been so good to us and we'll never forget that, but we're ready to see what else you can do in our lives, in our church, in our marriages, in our relationships, in our city, and in ourselves. So let's go. And for some of you, that means setting down a stone and saying, this is who I used to be, but I'm not that person anymore. This is to remind me that I used to be divine by my sins and my brokenness, but Jesus came into my life and gave me purpose and peace. So my mistakes aren't who I am anymore. And don't miss this. I mentioned this earlier. It isn't just the Jordan River. It's the river that Jesus was baptized in. It's a place where God physically saved the Israelites But it's also the place where Jesus's ministry began. Jesus, who is the Messiah, the one sent to rescue God's people and the only person who can save us spiritually. And that's what some of you need. That's what's missing from some of your lives. It's the forgiveness and the salvation that Jesus offers. So maybe now is the time to sit down and say, I am ready for a new life. I'm ready to get baptized. Because baptism is the death burial, and resurrection of ourselves. 2 Corinthians 5 says it like this. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. 
So for some of you, it's time to put down a stone and say, this is my life before Jesus, but now I'm ready to put my faith in him, to put my joy in him, to give my life to him and receive the freedom that he offers. So I put down this stone to say, I'm moving forward. My old life has gone. My new life has begun. And we celebrate that through baptism. And if you're ready to do that, you can click on next steps in the app or head to the website, mycollective.church baptism to start a conversation about what that means. But baptism is essentially an Ebenezer. It's something we do so that we can remember the decision that we made to put our faith in Jesus. And it reminds us of where we've been, how far we have come, and where we are going in our relationship with Jesus. So collective, today is a day where we remember what God has done and we thank him for getting us this far. We remember how he has loved us. We remember how he has blessed us and we keep moving forward into a new season, into a new year, into a new home as a church, but also as individuals. And we set down a stone so that we never forget and we keep moving forward, trusting God that there are more miracles to come, that there's more growth, more grace, more peace. And we're so excited that you're a part of this with us. Let's pray. God, um, we are just blown away by what you're doing in this church. God, what you're doing in this city, what you're doing in our lives. So today is a day where we set down a stone and we say, God, you've brought us this far. God, we never want to forget what you've done in our lives and in our city and in this church and the lives of the people that we love and lives of people that were once stranger and that are now friends. God, we never want to forget that. God, we are so thankful for what you've done uh, in the season at West Frederick and in this season online. But God, we're also ready for the future. God, we're ready for what's next. We're ready for how you're pushing us. God, we're ready for how you're leading us. God, because we know that this is just the beginning. So God, we're thankful for all the miracles that we've seen in the past few years. But God, we pray for many, many more. God, thank you that we have the opportunity to do that, not just in our church, but in our lives as well. God, we're able to leave the past behind. We're able to move forward with you in grace, in forgiveness, in hope. So God, we're thankful for days like today, days where we get to celebrate how good you are, how much you've done in the past three years. But God, we're ready for you to lead us into the future. God, we love you and pray these things in your name. Amen.